All right, welcome to uh, Sharing Socks, the uh, post-insurrection edition. We normally record this on a Wednesday, but it seemed that while a treasonous mob of uh, lunatic uh, sociopaths was trying to end American democracy, cited by the biggest uh, lunatic sociopath of them all, uh, that a lighter side baseball talk was just kind of inappropriate. However, this is a day later. Being coup, American, coup has ended. <laughs> being Americans, we have the attention span of gnats. And so we're <laughs> going to delve into what used to be the national pastime. Welcome. I'm uh, Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen, along with my son and West Coast correspondent Will. And we can tell you uh, not much has happened in baseball. Uh, but let's see, Will is posting up there a picture of Hoyt Wilhelm, who had six of his 21 years in the majors with the White Sox. He was over 40 by the time he came to Chicago. Uh, and he was great. <laughs> he was amazing. And I was telling him, well, I, I believe that the giant mitt was invented because of Wilhelm. He was really probably the first of the great knuckleballers and did not come to the majors till he was 29 and pitched till he was 49. Because what the hell? He's just like, wow. Like playing catch with your kid, right? <laughs> True. I mean, if you're only throwing it seven miles an hour, the arm holds up a little longer. But he was he was great. He was fantastic. Uh, speaking of pitchers from olden days, uh, Tommy John, probably the most famous medical case in the history of baseball, uh, reportedly has COVID, and his son, apparently a brilliant man, says it's all fake. So uh, there you go. Uh, maybe the the torn ligaments were fake too but I, I is his son's name john because that would be funny is his name john john <laughs> that 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 would be <laughs> I, I i'm unaware i just said his son i didn't read on into it uh before we before we get too much into baseball um i just have a political question for you uh the 25th amendment does that apply to anyone in charge or just the president is do we have a window of opportunity to get reinsdorf out of there or is that strictly a washington thing it's a, unfortunately a washington thing so it, only it, the nationals yeah, can use it see rick hahn and, and kenny williams get getting together and whatever cabinet they have <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I'm sorry, I got to take control away from you, Jerry. No, unfortunately. All right. Okay. I had to. I had to check. I had to check. I just because also, you know, you're kind of in charge of this podcast, and I don't really like how you run things. So I was thinking about using <laughs> the 25th overthrow. Amendment. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you don't have a cabinet to help you uh, put it away. You got. Cabinets. Oh, we have cabinets. They're old. Uh, all right. Anyway. Okay. Now, what better way to go? Uh, I would think in this situation of uh, one of the lowest days in American history uh, is to go from the insurrection to the all-important backup catcher. Right. It it seems, you know, elevate elevate the discussion. The Mike Pence of baseball. It's still relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That turned out to be uh, yesterday. Backup catching is, it's interesting. I mean, obviously you don't think of that as, Crucial, but last year, we had James McCann as the backup catcher. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> uh, nobody can get any better than that. But I It's at- almost not believable when you say it. <laughs> when you yeah. say James McCann, who was our starting catcher and was great, 
then became our backup catcher and was maybe better. Uh, (laughs) What what a spoil of riches we had behind the plate last year. My goodness. And we got Kurt Casale, who is my choice uh, from whenever I first saw the list of backup catcher, has gone to San Francisco for one and a half million dollars. I think the White Sox could have afforded that. That would have been a bargain. I think uh, our, currently our payroll is is lower than it was a few years ago. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 pathetic for the third largest city in the country. Um, so I looked at all the all the catcher lists, and of course, Real Muto is still out there, but we're not picking up Real Muto for a backup <laughs> catcher. Well, that certainly would be really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we can get him for one point five, let's take him. <laughs> But so far, and this is where I don't understand the messing around very much, 17 free agent catchers have signed. Because uh, Ali mentioned McCann, Sandy Leone, Mike Zanino, Wellington Castillo even, Francisco Pena, Kevin Smith, another former uh, yeah. White Sox. 17, all the rest of them are um, uh, all minor league uh, contracts. But they were all signed. And and. You start smelling Zach Collins out there. Of those left, uh, connection. I mean, if if Tony Larusa can bring in his godson to be our all important stats guy and analyst, uh, why not bring in? I, I think his older brother Yadier Molina as the backup catcher. Uh, now Molina made twenty million last year, <laughs> <laughs> prorated for length of season. Well, speaking of length of the season, we did a great job predating 130 games uh, since they've now said it will go the full season. Yeah. For now, they say that. Yeah. Uh, I so don't the minors think, won't. The yeah, I don't, think, I don't think we've lost that bet quite yet. Uh, I'm guessing Molina does not come here. I'm certainly not going to get paid $20 million by anybody. He's 38. Uh, he's, not, he's not going anywhere for, for little money or to play back up. You know, he's, no, he's, no, no. I mean, yeah. he's, 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 he's once one footstep away from the hall of fame and he can kind of call a little bit of his shots. Yeah. Kurt Suzuki, even though he's 37, he's been kind of a white Sox killer when he's been in the American league. Uh, yeah. He had 270 last year, 745 ops. Uh, not too bad. Slight negatives on the, the uh, defensive side in the last year or so. He was paid $6 million. I don't think he's going to make $6 million yet either, uh, or he wouldn't still be hanging around. Jason Castro uh, had a terrible 188 uh, yeah. hitting year, but overall career-wise, he's a decent catcher, a good catcher. That's been a first-string catcher a lot, although he is projected. Uh, I don't know if it's Zips or whose projection is going to hit 219, so that's not – plus there are several teams that spend money that are interested in him. Another one that's available, Tyler Flowers. Wow. <laughs> Hit 217 last year. Um, Flowers, of course, supposed to be a great framer. That's all important these days. Although I, I believe his framing numbers were down last year, but short season and he was a backup. Not much to go on, small sample size. Sure. He struck out 42.5% of the time. <laughs> Which I remember when he was with the White Sox striking out roughly 92.5% of the time. I I think I can picture him hitting one home run when I was in the we stadium. Were, 
we were at a game. It was a game winner. It was a yeah. walk-off homer. And I think that was his uh, non-strikeout. <laughs> For the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's what I think. I actually like uh, Suzuki for the pick just because there's no way he's getting $6 million. No. I mean, he's, he's probably getting two and we can, we can put him up for two. I mean, we're, we're paying below what we've paid for bad teams. Um, unfortunately, I think the real, the realism of the situation is it's Zach Collins and they're going to stick with Zach Collins and they're going to try to make Zach Collins work. And I'm starting to think that they're not going to spend on anybody else. Let me tell, tell you a tale because we've, we've seen that Zach Collins catching wise doesn't make it in the majors or neither does Savala uh, or Mercedes. You probably don't remember this when you were nine or 10 years old, minor league, little league. One of your teammates was a little round guy who really, really struggled. Uh, Nice kid. Nicest kid you could ever meet. And I can remember he once had a ball hit to him, a fly ball on left field, and he caught it. And he was the happiest human being on the planet. And the team was the happiest I've ever seen a team just be happy for a teammate because he did that. Nobody expected him to. It wasn't like a game winner or anything like that. Everybody was thrilled for him. I do remember the kid at all. I don't know. He was round? Yeah, he's a little, little little chubby guy. Was this on the purple teams? Was this on state national or was this on GR? This, is, this was the younger, the the minor the minor league team. State national bank. State national, yeah. The I remember I that kid named Kelly who had his dad got all of his uh, jerseys changed so that his hat and jersey said Kelly instead of the team name. <laughs> and he but, but i don't think he ever upgraded to left field because back in that day the the stinker was in right field the reason i bring this up is the little kid the, the really nice little kid his dad had been drafted by the dodgers and went through he told me the tale of his professional career. He went, you know, there are a lot more levels of minor leagues. It's been probably about 1980, something like that. He climbed up the levels of the, of the minors enough that he was invited to major league spring training with the Dodgers. And he went through major league spring training and retired or resigned or quit or whatever you want to call it. They didn't cut him. They went with sending back to double A AA or triple A or wherever he was. But he said what he realized going from high minors just to spring training in the majors was he couldn't hack it because he said, I would never be, I realized I would never be a major league catcher because the game is so much faster. He said, you can't believe how much faster the major leagues are compared to the highest minors. He said, he says, I'd never throw anybody out. Never. They, they could just steal on me whenever they wanted to go. But he said, other things, it's not that the pitches themselves were faster because guys in the minors throw just as hard. They're, they're the ones going to make it up there. We're very close to it. A hard. lot of them do, yeah. And they're harder in some ways to catch because they don't know where the ball is going. Most of the guys in the majors usually are going to put it <laughs> yeah. where you want it. Uh, but the breaks on the pitches were so much faster. Speaking as a batter or as a catcher, everything broke later, broke faster. And he says it just was so much harder. He just gave up. Uh, and I think 
you see so many guys who are catchers, the White Sox have them by the ton, or have that, who make it to the high levels of the minors and just cannot make it in the major leagues. And I have a great fear that we got a load of those going right now. Oh, we definitely do. Um, and it's, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of with his story of saying he can't hack it. I mean, there's a reason the show is the show. You know, when it's a whole new ball game when you've got Billy Hamilton on first base trying to steal against you and you got to throw him out. I mean, you're, it really is just so drastic. You know, I would say the NFL is is similar in, in the shift in speed. Uh, that's the number one thing you hear quarterbacks talk about when they get drafted uh, is they're, they're catching up to the speed of the game. And I think a lot of Major League Baseball players – feel that same way you know even, well, i think magical last this past season exactly magical has been vocal about it he has said like yeah i'm feeling be- i'm feeling better now the game's slowing down you always hear him say the game is starting to slow down around me and that's when you can tell okay i'm gonna make it in this league because if the game always feels really fast really hard you're never gonna make it up you you need to have that moment of clarification where everything starts to slow down to what it used to feel like uh, and that means you've made it to that level. And you're in control instead of being controlled. Exactly. And, you know, it, it does extend to even a second baseman. When you're talking about ground balls coming at you uh, 10 miles an hour harder every time and guys who can l- locate where they hit them a lot of the time, it's a whole new ball game than minor league baseball when guys are trying to, you know, just make it. Make it up, make it up the ladder, get the hit. Uh, it, it's a totally different world. And I think we are loaded with catchers who are not good enough to play in Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's, and they've had chances. Uh, they've had plenty of minor league training. It's not like, well, they need another year of seasoning or, or two. Yeah. Uh, so um, the catcher thing, the backup at most positions is not real important if you – most of the time, unless there's an injury, you play 10 games a year at, at, at that position. Yeah. But the catcher, you pay 30 or more. And I think they're going to want to give Grandal a lot of time, not behind the plate, just knees go. And inevitably, I'm catchers, give them time to be at first base. Uh, you know, look at Casale, who I think was the best of the backups. He's, he's obviously going to be Posey's backup. In San Francisco, they like to play Posey at first base. Yeah. 56 games a year. Yeah, he's going to play. Just to save his knees. Well, and I think that's what we're going to see from Grandall as well. I think we're going to see Grandall not behind the plate 50 to 60 times if they play the whole season. Um, just to save him because we've got him a couple more years, right? Yeah. And yeah. and and he's he's a star and deserves it to be. Yeah. And you need to keep him that way. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the answer is on backup catcher, but I will say my prediction would be that it is just going to be Zach Collins. It's my guess too. And And that's really unfortunate when you are really looking at your two to three year window to win the world series, to go out there and put a well below average catcher behind the plate when you have Dallas Keuchel or Lucas Giolito or Lance Lynn pitching. Um, And then with young, 
with young pitchers, it's also crucial to have a better catcher. It's more important in a lot of ways to have the better catcher with the young pitchers because they're going to control the game more. Um, with Giolito, there's not as much concern because he is now settled into his acedom, um, and he knows what works for him and what doesn't. Uh, but yeah, I don't trust Collins to call a game for anyone. Um, not to mention throwing anyone out or, or anything like that. Well, he's throwing, he's throwing out one guy out of the nine who tried to steal on him. Great. Who was it? Prince Fielder? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a probability. Well, you mentioned, you talked about window of opportunity of the, of the next three years. It does exist. But remember, just went out and made the big trade, giving away a guy who could be pitching for us for five, six more years to get Lance Lynn as a one-year rental. That means you're really going for it in 2021. Yeah. Which is a good year because the, the rest of the division is so pathetic. And you're and you're playing against the National League West and you're in your interleague and they're even worse. I mean, National League uh, Central. Central. <laughs> yeah. Central. I was Basically, like, if we were Central. playing against the West, the... we don't want to play the West. We don't <laughs> yeah. want to do it. You steer <laughs> clear of San Diego and Los Angeles. National League Central, which it could be even worse. But you've set up to be this one big year with Lynn. You need to bring in these guys aren't getting five-year contracts, these catchers, you can get one of the decent guys for one year. Obviously, you I could mean, have got Casale for one year and one and a half million. I, at I this don't point, at you, this point you could get anyone who's left but Real Muto on a one-year deal. Yeah. I mean, they're about to start spring training. These guys are sitting at home wondering if they have a job at this point. So you could get any of these guys for one year. You could probably get any of them for 1.5 million, except of course, Real Muto. He's not even in this conversation. <laughs> no, no, uh, that, that is for certain. And, and well, so, uh, and, and Molina is not in the conversation. The teams no, that are no, cited, that might take, no. we can't, we can't afford him and won't afford him. And I don't think, yeah, he's going to be maybe a Yankee. If he's, eh, he's probably going to be a Cardinal. But, He's going to go wherever he can catch one more year uh, with regularity. You know, yeah. he's he's not going to end his career on someone else's terms. We know Yachty Molina is uh, – he's a pretty outspoken, pretty uh, in, intense, tough dude. He's not going to back up somebody for his last year of his career. I, he's made enough money to be able to say, you know what, I'm 40 <laughs> – I think I'm going to go home instead of sitting on the bench. Um, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about uh, the guys who will throw to this backup catcher uh, in the ninth inning of games in the near future, potentially. Uh, so we'll be right back. All right, cool. We've talked about catchers, uh, backups specifically. Grandall, your job is safe with us. Um, but uh, let's, talk, uh, let's talk about closers. You know, uh, Tony La Russa is sometimes given credit for inventing the closer with uh, Dennis Eckersley, although I'm not sure that's really true. But they, they, anyhow, he was instrumental in the popularity of it. Uh, I wonder, with his Hall of Fame credentials, if he could be the guy brave enough to get rid of the closer. Because I, I just have always thought closers are hugely overrated that the idea that you save some guy for the ninth inning, he can only pitch with nobody on base. Why doesn't he come in in the seventh if there's guys on second and third, you know, and the game's on the line? 
But anyhow. You wanna know yeah. what you wanna know what my percentage prediction is that Tony LaRusa gives up a closer, like gives up the idea of a closer? It's uh it's this right here. That's a zero. <laughs> That's a zero for those who aren't watching. Uh there is no way that that guy suddenly says the thing I made is no longer good. Uh so the closer situation. Liam Hendricks is the top of the list of anybody who's looking at his money. He has met with Toronto. That does not sound he flew to Dunedin. Dunedin? To uh Dunedin. Dunedin to meet yeah. with Toronto. Uh that's not a good sign that the White Sox are really in the fold for that. I I, I don't think that's gonna happen. The, it's not it's not looking good at this point. They're they're listed as still suitors and amongst the group, but usually it's blah 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 blah. And the White Sox are always also a consideration. You know, and the Yankees are up there, and the Astros are the, the Dodgers. Dodgers are very well, big. Well, frankly, Dodgers what's pissing me off the most, what's pissing me off the most in this whole process, is the fact that the Blue Jays are higher contenders for everything than we are. You know, I understand the Yankees and the Dodgers always being ahead of the White Sox. Those teams are worth five billion dollars. Like, I get it. But the fact that we're sitting second, we're waiting on Blue Jays decisions right now is absurd to me. And that is the team we absolutely need to be keeping these guys away from. The Blue Jays are working hard to be competitors next year. They are they are putting up the money. They got the young talent just like we do. That is a scary team for next year. If I were the Yankees, I would even be concerned about the Blue Jays. But why are the Blue Jays always ahead of us in this? It doesn't make any sense. It means we are we are floating pitiful offers to these really good players. We could have Liam Hendricks tomorrow. We could have Brad Hand tomorrow. But we're not even entertaining the kind of contract that they're interested in. And I'm not saying that they're not asking for too much. I'm sure they are. I also don't believe in overpaying for a closer. However, why are the Blue Jays who we are sitting behind? That is Toronto. That is not even America. Come well, on. Now, 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 one <laughs> well, thing now it is America because they're going to play in Denver. Second City. SCTV. Where did they do that? Did they do it in Chicago, Second City? Oh, no. You're right. You're Toronto, right. Second City. You're right. I'm not hating on the Blue Jays. I like the Blue Jays. I love Toronto. I love Canada, of course. Canada's cool. But that's going to be the most profound thing I've said on this podcast. Canada's <laughs> cool. Um, but I just don't understand how we're playing second fiddle to the Blue Jays on all of these people. Okay, let's move on. Brad Hand. You know, and I looked up because my thinking, and it's erroneous, uh, was I just remembered early last season, last now being 2020, where we crushed him. Yeah, absolutely yeah. destroyed him early in the year. And I thought, well, this guy's done. He's finished. He's wiped out. I don't know why we're even looking at him now. But then I, I looked at his game-by-game uh, game stats for 2020. And when it was on the line and we played Cleveland at the end of the season, three innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts, two saves and a win. So I guess he still has it. <laughs> no. no, Brad Hand's still a very good pitcher. But to me, if you're going to get Brad Hand, keep Alex Colomay. 
You know, Hendricks is the one guy where I would say maybe, maybe do this, but I would keep Alex Colomay over Brad Hand. You're going to get him cheaper. The Sox, we've stayed in touch. Well, that's nice. You know, they have his address and phone number. Uh, Twins, Red Sox, Astros, Nationals, all in the mix. There, a couple of uh, teams with a lot of money uh, involved there as well. So I don't know. I, I'm not real sure about Colomay. And then you look internally is the other question. I mean, that guy's. I, I if I were Aaron Bummer, I'd be really disappointed that they're not. That the, the leading <laughs> yeah. conversation isn't that we really want Aaron Bummer to be the guy. However, and Bummer has enough years. He has two years of really solid stuff to back it up. The younger guys, uh, Hoyer is mentioned. Foster's even been mentioned in that direction. I think anything from pitching statistics for the White Sox in 2020, you got to really take with an entire shaker of salt because the schedule was so incredibly weak. Sure. And, yeah. and, and you haven't really seen them have to pitch regularly against anybody. You know, even Cleveland, while they're a good team, was all pitching, all on pitching. They can't hit a lick. Yeah. They're going to hit less this year. So really, the only good hitting team they faced all year was Minnesota. None yeah. of the teams in the National League Central were hitting at all. Um, so we don't really know yet what those guys got. I think we know what Bummer has. But uh, I don't think we're going to force Foster and let go with what they really got, which is a reason to bring in a closer, even if you don't call him a closer, whatever, at the end of the rotation, end of the game guy, uh, if you can get one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's ridiculous that Aaron Bummer's not being seriously considered for this position. It, it makes no sense to me. It's all because of these you know, the idea of the closer and, and people get so enamored by the idea of bringing in that, that guy who can close out the game for you when we maybe got that guy. We've also got Garrett Crochet who throws 135 miles an hour. And, you know, Garrett Crochet has a lot of similarities with the Chapman in terms of how they pitch. And, you know, I, I hate a Chapman, but can't argue that the guy's done some pretty impressive stuff in his career. I I think, you know, if we were going to get any of these guys, we'd already have them. Um, but my big fear is we're going to sleep on these guys. Colome is going to end up going to Minnesota and then we're going to have to bat against them. That, and, yeah. and he's not a guy I'm particularly afraid of necessarily, but you know, you don't want him going in your division that you're going to play. You don't want to see him, if you play him 19 times, you don't want to see Colomay 16 times. Like, come on. Don't just bring the guy back. Just get it done. This is You stupid. really don't want to see any closer 16 times because that means you're behind in the ninth inning 16 of 19 games by closer. Or, or up by two, you know. <laughs> um, well, you're behind if their closer's yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that could happen. <laughs> Especially if Zach Collins is in the lineup. Okay. I, I think we've uh, eh, determined absolutely nothing as usual here. I, I have no it's more. kind of our thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 love, I, I love the idea of bringing Colome back. 
keeping the team together. I really, you know, Liam Hendricks was really good last year, but I just, I don't put enough faith in closers really outside of, you know, Trevor Hoffman and Mariano Rivera uh, to say like this guy, this guy's good for four years because they almost never are almost never are they good for four years, especially Hendricks. I think is 31. Um, And I realized the two guys I just named Trevor Hoffman, Mariano Rivera, they pitched way into their thirties. Rivera hit 40. I think Hoffman hit 40, I think. Um, So it's not to say that Hendricks isn't good for ages 31 to 35, but when you're talking about the amount of money he's going to want, and I don't think we're contenders. I think he's going to the Blue Jays. At this point, I think Colome might go to the Blue Jays and Brad Hand might also go to the Blue Jays because apparently the Blue Jays really want to win and we don't really give a crap. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm seeing. But I totally agree with you. The Lance Lynn move said 2021's our year. And then they decided, well, Lance Lynn's going to be the guy who takes us all the way, which is a strange thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't really know what to expect in these coming days, but, you know, the clock is ticking for guys to report. And they're going to have to make some decisions probably in the next few days. Yeah, and, of course, it's not just the Sox. It's a very, very, very slow offseason. I I had expected this week, holiday is over, that not necessarily the White Sox, but teams would be making these announcements. We got this guy, really, this has been – Zilch out there. So. Yeah, it's been very little. I mean, there was a coup. So, you know, yeah. Busy week. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts before we go? None. Got none. My final thought is I, I really think we should sit down and look into this 25th Amendment thing <laughs> and just see if we can get Reinsdorf and maybe Larusa out of there uh before we even get started. I'm not putting a lot of stock in it. But uh, I, I think we could trick some people into thinking it's, it's something we can do. Um, but aside from that, I'm very disappointed <laughs> in this week of, uh, of White Sox activity. I think it's been kind of a letdown. That said, we'll see you in one week. A lot of things might happen between now and then. Who knows? Maybe Real Muto will be our backup catcher and we'll have Hendricks in hand, uh, to pitch the eighth and ninth for us next year. Um, And uh, I could list some more things that are absolutely, of course, never going to happen. Yes. There are a lot of those. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time.